My Lord, ladies and gentlemen, this is a great honour for me to be here this evening at King's College to speak about Brexit at this turning point in the negotiations ahead of the EU summit on Wednesday. Franco-British relations go back a long way. 1066, William the Conqueror and the Battle of Hastings, the Crimean War, the Entente Cordiale in 1904. We are celebrating the centenary of the First World War this year, and there was a celebration at the Amiens Cathedral in August 2018. Britain and France forged together hand in hand. France and Britain have been allies and rivals for a long time. Yet the United Kingdom refused to join the European community for coal and steel in the early days and the common market when the Treaty of Rome was ratified in 1957. The United Kingdom then tried to join the common market in the 1960s during Macmillan's premiership and um, Wilson's premiership. But it was vetoed twice by President de Gaulle in 1963 and 1967, arguing that the British would never cut their ties of dependency um, from the United States and would keep their links with Commonwealth countries. How is President de Gaulle's successor viewing Brexit? Well, President Macron welcomed the United Kingdom to stay in the European Union when he first met the Prime Minister, um, Theresa May, in June 2017, after being elected President of France. The least we can say is that Brexit is dividing Britain, whereas Brexit is uniting the 27 members of the European Union, maybe for the first time. Brexit has also revived tensions between France and the United Kingdom, which are underpinned by centuries of rivalry. President Macron's declarations about the lies of Brexit campaigners at the Salzburg summit in September 2018 have tarnished relations between our two countries. So what is the French approach to Brexit? Well, I think the best way to understand the current French approach is to go back to the past, starting with Monet's vision of Europe and moving on to de Gaulle's position before we come to the immediate reactions to the 2016 referendum. So Monet's supranationalism and Britain's refusal to join the customs union um, help us understand where we are at today. Monet, one of the founding fathers of, of the European project, was himself a British civil servant during his wartime exile from France. Monet said he never understood why Britain did not join the European community for steel and coal in the early years. Ascribing it to the price of victory, the illusion that you could maintain what you had without change. In 1957, Britain did not ratify the Treaty of Rome, thus keeping apart from the European Union, because the United Kingdom was in favor of free trade and um, was against a customs union. Britain was therefore unable 
to influence the development of EU institutions. Monet led the cornerstone of today's European Union with a plan for a European federal authority in coal and steel. It was one of the landmarks of a century. The implications go well beyond Europe. Monet was the champion of a Europe united by free trade. The Cold War and the Marshall Plan changed the entire context of French policy to Germany. Um, customs Union was in the air. Fear of Stalin also led to um, the Congress of The Hague in May 1948, chaired by Winston Churchill, which launched the European movement. On the 18th of April 1948, Monet wrote to Schumann, then Prime Minister of France, from Washington, where he was negotiating on wheat for France. He argued that the states of Western Europe must make, I quote, a genuine European effort which the existence of a federation of the West will make possible. The aim was to exercise the demons of the past. Monet's solution reached its highest expression in the Schumann Plan. The Schumann Plan was a laconic declaration on the 9th of May 1950 that France and Germany agreed to pool their coal and steel industries and invited other nations to join them in a supranational body that would regulate the production, sale and distribution of these natural resources. By 1950, Britain was widely believed to have a veto on European integration. Monet broke with the past, with supranationality. The British refused to commit themselves to a supranational high authority. Why were the British so hostile to the European Union? A political federation limited to Western Europe is not compatible with our Commonwealth ties, our obligations as a member of a wider Atlantic alliance or as a world power, as the Labour government put it. The draft treaty made clear provision for a single market in coal and steel of all the member states, customs duties, subsidies, discriminatory and restrictive practices were all to be abolished. Monet was a leader in whose person was incarnated the spirit of European solidarity. Monet thought of the European Coal and Steel Authority as a source of peace. He was trying to ensure against the German dangers. Monet was the architect, not the politician, and Monet's prime invention bore the name of Prime Minister Schumann. Monet had become Mr. Europe. Monet stressed that six parliaments had established the first European community merging part of its members' national sovereignty and subordinating it to common interest. There was interest in Whitehall in a common market in steel with the six. But the British steel industry was strongly opposed to it. Association materialized only later in different circumstances. Monet's involvement was more direct in the association agreement with Britain. Jean Monet 
handed over to René Mayer, the presidency of the High Authority, on the 10th of June, 1955. France's conversion to the common market had little to do with competition or with industry. Negotiations began in earnest in September 1956. The Treaty of Rome was signed on the 25th of March 1957. It was widely expected that the common market would lead to economic, then political, union. The seed of a Franco-German reconciliation was planted at the root of today's European Union. The United Kingdom refused to ratify the Treaty of Rome and decided to keep out of a common market. Instead, the United Kingdom joined the European Free Trade Agreement founded by the Stockholm Convention in 1960. This brings me to my second point, de Gaulle's reluctance towards the United Kingdom and its veto to its membership of the European Union in 1963 and 1967. The new community um, was only five months old when a legal coup d'etat in France on the 1st of June 1958 brought Charles de Gaulle back to power. President de Gaulle's attitude to the common market was much more favourable than to the European community for steel and coal. President de Gaulle believed in Europe from the Atlantic to the Urals. He wanted to liberate Europe from the American hegemony. He wanted Europe to play the role of a third pole of global power and even acquire a central role in the new system. The holder of a balance between the American and Soviet spheres of influence. Yet, President de Gaulle believed Britain was too close to the United States because of a special relationship and the transatlantic alliance and too close to the Commonwealth to join the common market. On the 3rd of July 1961, visiting Metz, de Gaulle said, I quote, Britain must enter the common market without posing conditions. And I think this helps us understand the position of a French government and the 27 countries of the European Union today. This was reminiscent of Monet's style, and this is also inspiring President de Gaulle's successor. President de Gaulle's veto on Britain in 1963 marked the watershed between the first half of his presidency and the second half of political trench warfare. In 1967, the British government, to make sure the country's claims to enter the European community could not be ignored, renewed the request to join. President de Gaulle's decade at the helm had legitimized the state bureaucracies in their rejection of outside interference. Britain had to wait until President de Gaulle left the Elysee Palace to join the European community. Edward Heath, who um, was actually um, the negotiator with Macmillan, 
when Britain first applied for membership, um, and who was the most European British Prime Minister, negotiated Britain's membership in the European Union with President Pompidou. Britain duly entered the common market with Denmark and Ireland on the 1st of January 1973. It was a long-delayed fulfilment for Monet, though he would have preferred Britain to join alone. And now I come to uh, our third chapter, the French reaction to Brexit. There was a lot of misinformation during the campaign of June 2016 referendum. Many French politicians may have rejoiced at Britain's vote for Brexit as they disagreed with Britain's vision of Europe, its attempts at cherry-picking, its flexible labour market and free circulation of capitals. Former Socialist Prime Minister Michel Rocard once wrote in Le Monde, Britain should leave the European Union before the spirit of the United European Union disintegrates. When Emmanuel Macron won the election in May 2017, he voiced his dream of leading the European Union. President Macron is in the wake of a Gaullist tradition of an intergovernmental European Union. During his first meeting with Prime Minister Theresa May at the Elysee Palace in June 2017, President Macron said to the British Prime Minister that the doors of the European Union were still open if the United Kingdom wanted to remain. President Macron welcomed the United Kingdom to stay in the European Union as France and the United Kingdom need each other. There is no better way of being a member of a single market than being a member of the European Union. There was a meeting between Prime Minister Theresa May and President Macron at uh, Brégançon, the um, holiday house of um, the French president in the south of France on the 3rd of August 2018. But President Macron rejected the Chequers plan, like Chancellor Merkel and the 27 countries of the European Union, because it questioned the integrity of the single market. France would like to find an agreement between the European Union and the United Kingdom, but not at all costs. France wants to reach an ambitious deal, but wants to protect its own interests. France is supporting the European Union Brexit negotiator, Michel Barnier. The unity of the 27 countries of the European Union has never faltered. The 27 countries of the European Union believe in what keeps them together. There is no reason for the European Union to change its rules because the United Kingdom wants to leave. And France and the European Union are full of goodwill towards the United Kingdom. They do not want to punish the United Kingdom, but France wants to deter other European countries from leaving the European Union. Um, 
there are also fears of a Frexit in case for populist National Front, which has been rebranded uh, National Rally, managed to win the European elections in May 2019 uh, over immigration and identity issues. Recent polls show that only 35% of French people approve of President Macron's performance. Marine Le Pen's national rally opposes the European Union, immigration and multiculturalism. The French far-right party is the largest member of a pan-EU Europe of Nations and Freedom with 14 MEPs. The rise of the far-right is a major challenge for President Macron's La République En Marche. A deal has been reached between the United Kingdom and the European Union on the proposed 21-month transition period and the financial settlement. The European Union agreed to move forward in December 2017 because there was an agreement on the EU citizens, on the financial settlement and the Irish border issue. The question of a backstop in Northern Ireland, which was discussed in the House of Commons this afternoon, is a technical, ambitious solution that never came out. It is something that would provide no hindrance at the border. The future relationship does not provide a solution on Northern Ireland. The backstop is the best solution. The European Union does not want to have a hard border on the 30th of March 2019. And that is why the Canada-style free trade agreement cannot work. A withdrawal deal with the European Union is within reach for Britain. Uh, but, of course, um, the major obstacle for the Prime Minister is um, the British Parliament. France wants an orderly Brexit. It will be an unprecedented deal because Brexit is unprecedented. And it is the first time a member state of the European Union wants to leave. France is hoping to reach a deal this week at the EU summit on the 17th of October, but, you know, um, there are still uh, question marks. Um, France is listening to Prime Minister Theresa May and to the Brexit Secretary Dominic Raab. France is concerned that the arrangements for the customs union paves the way to fraud. France wants a good Brexit deal, an ambitious deal, but France is also prepared for a no-deal Brexit if no solution is found in the interests of the European Union. France will have to pass emergency legislation in Parliament. So there are three major aspects at the moment. Let us first focus on the economic dimension of Brexit. The economic effects of Brexit are survivable for the United Kingdom, but it will weaken the European Union as the United Kingdom is the second major economic power of the Union. The single market is essential for economic prosperity. Uh, the United Kingdom will always be a privileged partner for the European Union after the 29th of March 2019. But France is very sad about 
Britain leaving the European Union at a time when the community is building a more flexible union and at a time when we're witnessing the rise of populism throughout the um, European Union. President Macron wants to make France more competitive and he has started reforming the labor market and the tax system. Will France benefit from Brexit? President Macron is coveting the jobs in London's financial sector and Macron's administration has also tried to lure London-based bankers um, back to Paris. <coughs> President Macron is also trying to attract British-based car manufacturers to France. The president organized a private dinner party at the Elysee Palace for heads of Renault-Nissan, Vauxhall and Jaguar Land Rover to attract them to France which he is trying to make more business friendly. This charm offensive is an attempt to attract car companies who are nervous about the uncertainties created by Brexit and coincided with the Paris Motor Show. Will London remain the third capital of the art market behind New York and Hong Kong? A good deal Brexit would improve the economic forecasts in the United Kingdom. Second, will Brexit have an impact on the defence partnership between Britain and France and the Lancaster House Treaty? Defence cooperation between France and the United Kingdom is crucial for both countries. France and the United Kingdom are both members of the Permanent Security Council of the United Nations, their nuclear powers, they're fighting against terrorism, French troops are deployed in the Sahel, and France is very grateful for the support of the United Kingdom. France and the United Kingdom support Chad in Iraq, progress has been made. France and Britain are fighting alongside. As threats to Europe have intensified, Europeans have um, to develop their strategic autonomy. Europe has never made more progress on defence cooperation. The European Union is creating a European research fund to face current threats. President Macron wants to reinforce cooperation and solidarity between EU member states. There is a renewed dialogue between Europeans on cyber security and France is committed to meeting global challenges and fighting against pandemics. Third, what will happen to the border between France and Britain? Will the border remain in Calais? The French are actually uh, also very concerned about migrants and the north of France has had to endure the jungle of Calais, which has turned this part of France into hell. Northern France is also afraid of seeing an increase of traffic at the borders. France believes in the European Union and in the common policy on migration in order to lower the number of entries through the lower Mediterranean. The European Union has tried to deal with a challenge, but Matteo Salvini and Viktor Orban think the EU did not go far enough. <coughs> Will the Eurostar still function after the 29th of March 2019? 
uh, I hear Eurostar could be stalled in the event of a no-deal Brexit, and Eurostars could be rejected at the border with France. Uh, will French people need a visa to um, come over to the United Kingdom? How will Airbus be manufactured? In a nutshell, Brexit has greatly complicated relations between France and the United Kingdom. France does not want the United Kingdom to block the European Union and to cherry-pick bits of the single market. France does not want to change the rules of the European Union, even for an ally such as the United Kingdom. President Macron will be unflinching, whereas Chancellor Merkel is sympathetic to Prime Minister Theresa May and does not want to weaken her as Brexiteers are starting to protest over customs union and threaten to defeat a Brexit deal. For France, compromising on core European values is impossible. France believes in a sovereign union and France is not in favour of federalism. France is working at strengthening the European Union to face the challenges of the 21st century, migration, digital transformation, cybercrime, and terrorism. Brexit is a very complex issue. France would like an ambitious deal between the United Kingdom and the European Union that benefits both. France is also getting ready for a no-deal Brexit and drawing a list of topics which have to be renegotiated. But it will never change France's um, relation to um, the United Kingdom and the defence cooperation will endure. Will the European Union finally find an agreement with the United Kingdom this week or in November or December? Uh, if so, it will be a historic moment for modern Britain and for the European Union. Thank you.